Hello there, this is Guru talking to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how. First off, it is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more providers. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello there, this is Guru talking to you about anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's completely free. Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello! everybody and welcome to the ballistic podcast this is your co-host varun as usual and joining me is my co-host guru gurus all the way in chennai india guru how's it going my man hey it's going it's going great varun uh, i'm excited to talk with you and uh from halfway across the world, world excited to talk about football it's been a while guru since we've done an episode uh on the podcast i think the last time we did one was back in uh june or july before you left and it was yeah. it was about i don't remember what our last episode was about actually but it wasn't about football I, it's been a while since it, we've talked about football it was not about football i think it was about uh the nba and the draft and maybe free agency and Kyrie asking for a trade i think i think that's the last thing we talked about oh, so yeah right. it has been that's a, right yeah it has it's been, been a while it's been a while all right, and as Guru said, it's time to talk about football. The first half of the season of the NFL season is already over, which is pretty surprising to me because it seems like it just started last week. I mean, eight weeks have gone by just like that, and a lot of stuff has happened. And the trade deadline, in fact, for the first time in the history of the NFL, the trade deadline was pretty big this time, huh, Guru? Yeah, I mean, it was very shocking to see so many trades going down. Usually the NFL trade deadline, there's a running joke that nothing happens during the NFL trading deadline. And it's just a day that just passes by, but but not this year. Uh, We've seen a lot of trades, a lot of significant trades that have uh, uh, present implications for this season and the the seasons after that as well. So, yeah. Trades that will have huge implications. They will change the course of the NFL season this year and next year too. And maybe in a few years And the year after that. And the year after that. And the year after that, hopefully. And you're probably referring to the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, right? Garoppolo yes. gets sent to the 49ers for a second-round pick. So the Patriots, who apparently wanted to keep Garoppolo because they saw him as their future NFL franchise quarterback, ultimately decided to trade him away to the Niners. Guru, any reason why they waited until now? Yeah, so uh, just like my thoughts on the trade, uh, just how I learned about this, I woke up Tuesday morning and all of a sudden I, I, I read this text from Varun and it's like, 
wow, what a trade. The 49ers got their QB of the future. And I was like, who? And I and that's when I looked uh, up the news and be like, oh, my God, holy crap. This actually happened. It was shocking. But uh, it, it was it was very shocking. And uh, so why did the Patriots wait until now? I think the Patriots wanted to weigh their options with regards to keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. I, 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 was, th- I was thinking that maybe the Patriots uh, were looking to like sign Jimmy Garoppolo to a team-friendly contract and keep him as a sort of expensive backup so that he could be the heir apparent to Tom Brady whenever Tom Brady decided to call, call it quits. And for a lot of reasons, that just doesn't work because Garoppolo is a free agent after this year. It will be very expensive to franchise tag him and Garoppolo, more than ever, I think he wanted to start at quarterback for some team, and there were a lot of suitors. So rather than uh, lose him in the offseason, I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots decided to, to cut their losses and call a team in the NFC West who the Patriots don't play very often. So definitely a very strategic move by them and is something that I guess needed to happen. A team that's also 0-8, and, and so there's still a while before the Niners get good. But... I found the whole thing very interesting because I think I think the Patriots did see Garoppolo as a future franchise quarterback, maybe even at as early as this season. I think Bill Belichick and some of those guys felt that Brady might run his course sooner than people think. And maybe they thought it was this season. He is 40 years old, but he plays like he's 25. And there is that growing concern. I mean, it's there. When will Brady run out of gas? He's 40 years old. It's coming soon. But Brady's defying everything. He's defying the the typical logic of, you know, the life of, lifespan of an athlete. So it's pretty remarkable to watch. And I understand the Patriots' dilemma, but I think it was the right move to do. And I think the Niners, they get a huge steal. I mean, he was just, he they just got him for a second round pick. Right. And uh, according to reports, Bill Belichick only called the 49ers, he, uh, it, it really, really looks like he did not discuss Jimmy Garoppolo with any other team. And had he done that, maybe the offer for Jimmy Garoppolo is higher. Maybe a team uh, would have offered a late first-round pick. And maybe if you're the, you're the Browns, maybe you offer a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Who knows? But uh, obviously, um, Bill Belichick wanted to send him out of the AFC uh, to another team who was needy for a quarterback. And another thing I learned, I mean, I heard rather, was that Bill Belichick has a lot of respect for the 49ers organization and felt that Jimmy Garoppolo would be in good hands with the 49ers. Makes me feel good as a fan. You know, it, it has been a while since a person has looked up on our organization as a model organization. So, yeah. <laughs> That's uh. true. Do you think Garoppolo is your franchise quarterback, though, based off what you've seen? I mean, I think we have to treat him as such, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, we did give up a second-round pick, which, I mean, is, is not very high. I mean, there's, there was barely any risk to this, to this trade. But, I mean, this gives you much-needed flexibility, right? I don't think you can take the final eight games of the season and, and try to evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo based on that. I think um, Kyle Shanahan knew even beforehand that Jimmy Garoppolo would be a great fit for his system and uh, a great fit as a future quarterback for the 49ers. So the 49ers now, I mean, they only gave up a second round pick. Uh, they had another second round pick uh, already uh, in the in the bag for next year. So right now, I mean, they're going to be drafting high in the first round. They can either take the best player available or trade down for even more picks to fill up more needs 
as as their team building process keeps going on. So as a fan of the Niners, I'm sure you want to see Garoppolo play this year. But Kyle Shanahan has said he's not sure if he'll play this year. Do you think you'll see him this year or do you think you got to wait till next year? I mean, uh, as a fan, I actually don't want to see him this year because I don't want him to be behind that offensive line who's been giving up sacks left and right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm a little bit practical, and I know that it'll take a while for Jimmy Garoppolo to learn the Kyle Shanahan offense, and the, this, is a, the, this is a great time for him to pick it up. Eight weeks before the season ends, I mean, he can watch uh, C.J. Beathard lead the offense for at least a couple of weeks, right? while learning the offense uh, at, a, at, a, at a slow pace. And, and then whenever he's ready, then, I mean, I guess, I guess we will see him then. I, I think we will see him eventually, though, because uh, I guess the, fan expect, the expectations of the fans and the expectations of Jimmy Garoppolo by himself would want to see him in game action. So I think we will see him, like, maybe even after the bye week. I think that's a big possibility. And yeah, and the Niners are 0-8. I mean, at this point, maybe it's better to tank for a high draft pick than losing that position because if they get a one two or three in the draft that's a great asset to trade down and you can get a lot in return so and i, I, I think sure, it's actually I'm beneficial sure that, for the organization I'm sure, to that, sit him. I'm sure that john lynch is think, thinking about that or thinking about that as we speak so i i hope i hope that we get a high draft because we definitely need it this does not fill up all our whole uh, i mean i'm a, I'm a niners guy so I always refer to the Niners as a, in first person, but <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I hope that uh, a high draft pick is in the cards for us because we definitely need it. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo feels a big hole, but not all of our holes, and hopefully we continue the, the team building process. Yeah, and so we'll see if we see him this year, but it looks like you might have to wait till next year. But let's move on to the next big trade. We're going to stay in the NFC, and this was huge. This was pretty damn big. The Eagles, who are, who are already 7-1, and one, the best team in the NFC, traded for Jay Ajayi from the Dolphins for a fourth-round pick. And we saw what Jay Ajayi did last year. I mean, he was a blazing running back. I mean, he was tearing it up. He had a couple of 200-yard games, I think, too. So mm -hmm. this is a huge trade. And the Eagles have a very good team, a very good defense. Carson Wentz is having an MVP season. And now, all of a sudden, you add a very strong running back. That looks like, I mean, do you think the Eagles cement themselves as the best team in the NFC? Because it sure looks like that. It definitely looks like that. And I think they are looking at this as a golden opportunity. I mean, with, uh, with, the, with the Giants and the year that they've had, uh, a pretty horrendous year, very unexpected. And also with them being in first place in the NFC East and first place in the NFC overall, they, I think they realize that this might not happen in, in future years. And they're taking advantage of the opportunity that they have this year and fortifying their running game. Uh, the one weakness in Philadelphia Eagles offense has been their running game. They have not found a stable running back. Yes, um, LeGarrette Blunt has been good for them in spurts, but uh, uh, I, get, I, I think uh, Darren Sproles got hurt, right? He's out for the season, and, I think. Yeah. yeah, he's out for the season. And since then, they have, haven't really had that one-two punch at running back. And J.H.I. gives them both. Uh, he has the ability to run between the tackles, catch, catch passes in the backfield, and really uh, give the Eagles a more well-rounded well offense and help Carson Wentz out a bit. And plus, Jason Peters, 
their left tackle got injured a couple of weeks ago. So um, this helps protect Carson Wentz a, a little more and uh, helps with that loss a little, a little more. Yeah, and like I said, I think it was a great trade. I think it was, in fact, you can argue it was the best trade of the trade deadline because that it's like the rich getting richer. Fantastic trade for the Eagles. Now, for the Dolphins, it's a little interesting because they're still in the playoff hunt. Uh, I think Jay Cutler got hurt, but he wasn't playing very well as it is. And they trade probably their best offensive player. So, Guru, is this a sign that, that the Dolphins are saying this season is a lost cause? Or are do you think they're retooling? I think uh, the trade had more to do with uh, Jay Ajayi's knee problems. Uh, they, it was reported that Jay Ajayi coming out of college had uh, had, to, had some knee problems, like the tissue was very close to the bone or whatever, and his career might not be very long. So uh, people are saying that they just cut their losses and and tried to try to move on from Jay for the highest price they could possibly move on from. For and for so for the short term, the Eagles got a win, but in the long term, I guess we're not sure. Uh, with respect to the Dolphins, I never really looked at them as a contender. Anyways, some of their wins have been have been really really lucky, and uh, Jay Cutler has been has not been a good quarterback, and uh, I, I they were very they're very much struggling despite what their record says. Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna hit a, a brick wall in the second half of the season. It's not going to be very good for them. But let's move on to the third team that made some big splashes: the Buffalo Bills. We're sticking the same division as the Dolphins. So first, they trade away Marcel Darius to the Jaguars. Darius was a second—he was the second overall pick in the Cam Newton draft. Okay, so when I saw that trade, I'm thinking, okay, Bills are trying to tank because they were—they did that. They did, did a few moves in the beginning of the season where they traded away some good players like Sammy Watkins for draft picks, but then they traded for Kelvin Benjamin. They traded a third-round pick for Kelvin Benjamin. So. Guru, walk me through these moves. What are the Bills thinking? So uh, let me walk me walk them walk you through it the best way I can. So Marcel Darius, I heard that he was traded for cap relief situation in a, in, a, in a cap relief move. So the Bills saved six million dollars by trading him to the Jaguars, who whose defense, which was already one of the best in the NFL, just became better with Marcel Darius. Now their defense is absolutely going to put on a show. And I, I also think that the, the Jaguars are very, very well set up to, to win the NFC South. But besides that, I think, um, I think that was, the Marcel Darius move was more of a cap relief move. And the Bills defense, as good as it is, felt that, I mean, felt, felt that uh, they could save that money. So that's the reason for the Marcel Darius move. The Kelvin Benjamin move is very, very interesting. Um, it's surprising. I, I, and, and surprising from, for bo- from both perspectives, right? First of all, the Panthers, they already sort of lack weapons at the wide receiver position. And Kelvin Benjamin was by far their best wide receiver, and they just traded him. So what, what, do, the, what do the Panthers players think? Uh, actually, some people have interviewed the Panthers players since uh, the trade happened, and they're still not sure what went on. Uh, they're still not sure really what to think, but they're moving on as best as they can. Uh their sec- the the Panthers second round pick Curtis Samuel is now going to get more playing time, but their best wide receiver now is Devin Funches, and that's not a good thing for for Cam Newton and and the Panthers. But Kelvin Benjamin going to the Bills that's just adding another weapon for Tyrod Taylor to throw the ball to. Tyrod Taylor's had uh, a pretty good season for the for the Bills, who have had a, a good record so far, which was not not very much foreseen 
when they hired the new coach, Sean McDermott. So uh, good for the Bills for trying to improve their their offensive output around Tyrod Taylor. And l- let's see let's see what the future holds for that. And the Bills are five and three, and I think we all expected them to be pretty bad this season. But they're five we and did. three, and I think it just goes to show you that coaching is so important. They hire a new coach, Sean McDermott, and he has really turned everything around. You see it with the Rams, too. The Rams hire Sean McVay, and everything has turned around. So it just goes to show you how important a head coach is for a team. We even see it in and, the NBA. I mean, with the Warriors, your Warriors. Uh, when Steve Kerr came in, everything changed. Right. And it's just more important to hire a coach named Sean, right? Yeah, Make sure exactly. you're next hire. Oh, yeah, they're <laughs> both Sean. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Right. And let's take let's go to the NFC, the Seahawks. All right. So the Seahawks were struggling in the beginning. We've always talked about their offensive line concerns. So they made a big splash. Big splash. They trade for Dwayne Brown from the Texans. They give up a 2018 third round pick and a 2019 second round pick. So I think it's a great trade for the Seahawks. They get a stud left tackle to protect Russell Wilson, who's been playing lights out recently. Now, if you're the Texans, a little strange. Okay. A little strange you make this move, given that Deshaun Watson was playing so well. Now, Definitely. Deshaun Watson, he uh, news just came out that he has a torn ACL. He's done for the season. So the move does look a little better from that perspective. But before that, it happened before this. So why do this move if you're the Texans? I have no clue from a football perspective, really. I mean, the, the Texans were very much in the thick of the playoff race. They they had just they had lost a couple of tough games this season to uh, the Chiefs and the Seahawks and in both games they were really really competitive with Deshaun Watson at quarterback for the first time in their history the Texans looked like a really good offense and I mean I, I know that I mean uh, Matt Schaub was there with Al Shanahan and they had a they had they had a good offense back then well as well but this is the first time where the Texans have looked explosive on offense. And a, p- a part of that was because of Dwayne Brown at left tackle. He's one of the best left tackles in the NFL. We talk about how rare t- quarterbacks are. Left tackles are even rarer, exactly. actually. Exactly. And and for, um, Dwayne, and for the Texans to choose that, say that this is the right time to trade Dwayne Brown, very, very questionable. And it just uh, begs, to, begs the question... Uh, does this have anything to do with Dwayne Brown being outspoken in the locker room? Does this have anything to do with uh, Bob McNair, the owner of the team, not liking outspoken players in his locker room? And oh, okay. I, I, and I, I think that it has something to do with that. And there's some internal internal mess going on with the Texans right now with respect to Bob McNair's comments. I'm not sure if you had heard them, but uh, it caused a stir around the Texans and around the NFL as well. And um, did that have anything to do with the trade? I'm not. I mean, we'll. I, I guess we'll never know. But again, the Seahawks—they got a stud left tackle. Their offensive line is finally formidable for the first time in years. And watch out for the Seahawks. I mean, the offensive line was the big weakness of their team the past couple of years. And if they can somehow fix that, they are a Super Bowl contender again. Well, Dwayne Brown is big, but the Seahawks' offensive line throughout is still pretty bad i mean it fixes one hole but what about the other three four holes but a, right? but a big hole but a big hole right it is because a big hole. Uh, you're right it is a big hole but they got more because holes the blind on the offensive side line. Is the most, the blind, protecting the blind side is the most important thing right russell wilson can pretty much scramble out of pressure for anything else but the but the blind side is the most important thing and now that that's 
fortified. I, I mean, uh, how how good can the Seahawks, how much better can the Seahawks be on, on offense? Uh, I, I think it, it'll be uh, great to see that. It'll be interesting to see because the Eagles looked like the best team, but the Seahawks might have something to say about it. But let's move on. The other big news from the trade deadline is the trade that didn't happen. So A.J. McCarron was apparently shipped to the Browns. It was a trade that was agreed upon. So the Browns would send a second and third round pick from the 2018 draft to the Bengals for A.J. McCarron. But it didn't happen. Okay, so the trade was agreed upon by both teams. Then apparently some paperwork did not go through. Now, there have been a lot of stories coming out since about what really happened. and But the common denominator is that they all seem to point to the fact that the Browns made a ton of mistakes. I mean, the Browns seem to brown. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. When will the Browns stop browning so much? Can exactly. you just brown a little less? Exactly. Time? Guru, do you know exactly what happened? Because I've been hearing about a lot of stories. Uh, all, I mean, I've also heard a lot of stories. Through, I know we've been discussing this a lot. We've been going back and forth. Some people are saying that the Browns were celebrating and uh, hence forgot to make the call on the trade. Some people are saying the, <laughs> the, some people are saying the yeah. paperwork didn't go through. Uh, uh, other people are saying that there was some disconnect between the Browns and the Bengals with respect to email. Whatever it is, it all points to the Browns not getting a quarterback. And are we really surprised? The Browns have not gotten a, have have not had a quarterback that they could lean on ever, and that doesn't change now. It, and it just goes. Uh, are the Browns a cursed organization? I, I mean, at some point, you you, you just shake your head. It's, I, I have nothing to sad. say. Yeah, I, I don't there, know what goes no, on over there in Cleveland. But, uh, you know, if you look at this trade objectively, was it really a good deal for the Browns? I mean, you're giving up a second and third for A.J. McCarron when the Niners just had to give up a second for Jimmy Garoppolo. And is A.J. Well, McCarron it, really that good? I don't know if it was really even that good of a trade for the Browns. So maybe this is even a blessing in disguise. But go ahead, Guru. Give me your opinion. Right. So with respect to... Uh, uh, AJ McCarron, with respect to AJ McCarron, we don't know much about him, right? He he's been a backup to Andy Dalton. Some people in Cincinnati have come out and said that he might be the best quarterback on the Bengals right now, but uh, obviously he's not playing, and obviously they're not taking out Andy Dalton for AJ McCarron anytime soon. So he's stuck as the backup right now. Um, for from the Browns' perspective, Hugh Jackson was actually the Bengals' offensive coordinator before uh, coming coming to the Browns. So he would know more about A.J. McCarron than most other people. And I I think with the, the number of draft picks that the Browns had, giving up a second and a third rounder would not have been all that much given the amount of draft capital that, that they already have and given their overall inability to solve the quarterback position over the course of their history for the past... Uh, two decades so which is pretty sad i mean just look at it they they passed up on carson wentz right they traded away that pick then they had a chance to take deshaun watson who was who's been remarkable this year they trade away that pick so they've whiffed on great quarterbacks it's just i don't know what the problem is i don't know where the problem stems from we know the owner's not great but We've seen so many different GMs and coaches, and nothing ever seems to work when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. 
and uh, there's some disconnect going on between the head coach and the front office, right? Because right after the Jimmy Garoppolo trade was made, Hugh Jackson came on a radio show and said that I wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but uh, and he it, it seemed he seemed to imply that the the front office of the Cleveland Browns did not agree with him. And to that, I would say to the to the Browns front office that you've hired Hugh Jackson for a reason, and that is to groom QB of his choice, if anything else, right? If if not to like the Browns as a whole the offense fixed and the Browns front office just seems to be very much focused on analytics and not on the production on the field as a whole I mean they said they came out and said that uh, Carson they didn't think that Carson Wentz would be a top 20 quarterback which we know to be egregiously false today he looks and, like the best quarterback this season and he, he, looks, he looks like the best quarterback this season and at least arguably a top five quarterback overall in the nfl right at least and, and, and it's only a second season it, remarkable right and they then they trade out of deshaun watson's spot to get even more draft capital now they have a plethora of draft picks which i mean i agree with i mean if uh I, i'm all about team building and i'm all about like getting more draft picks but eventually those draft picks have to become players Exactly. And if they if they don't become players, that's that's when you're in a in a little trouble. And I I think this situation is sort of analogous to the Philadelphia 76ers situation way back uh, back a couple of years ago when they were in the process of rebuilding and they tra- and, and and they made a couple of trades for uh, more draft picks and they just seemed like they were just accumulating draft picks for the sake of accumulating draft picks and not really towards rebuilding. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know so exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, so the Browns look like that right now, and yeah. uh, it, it's it's not a good look. It's not a good look. This is the they thing. They can get fired. When it comes to tanking teams, I mean, I get it. You want to accumulate as much youth and talent as possible, but there's a limit to doing that. Eventually, it has to start paying off. I mean, you can't just be stuck in this endless process of tanking and getting more and more draft picks and hoping you hit on great players. I mean, there has to be a point where it stops and you start seeing results. So... That's not happening for the Browns. It's like they've been stuck in a rebuilding phase forever. I mean, they're always going into a rebuilding phase every three, four years because the head coach changes, the front office changes. We'll see when it ends. I mean, I once again, this is going to be a really bad season for the Browns. Um, Deshaun Kaiser does not look like a great quarterback, but they'll have a high draft pick. Let's see what they do with it. Uh, we'll find out next year, I guess. But for now, the Browns are the Browns. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably draft a defensive player. Just, <laughs> I'm just not putting surprised. that out Yeah. And Guru, who was your biggest winner of the deadline? We've talked about the biggest moves. Who was your biggest winner? Well, I mean, probably the 49ers because they got their quarterback. And we all know how tough it is to get a quarterback in this league. And and, and now they don't have to, to spend the summer uh, evaluating quarterbacks coming out of the, in this draft class and thinking, oh, did we draft Sam Roy? I mean, did we draft Josh Rosen? Sam Did we draft Sam Darnold? Yeah, and there are rumors as well that Sam Darnold might not be coming out this year. So the, the opponents avoid that problem completely, can focus on rebuilding the rest of their team. They have solved one of the biggest problems that, that teams have these days, and, and that is finding a quarterback. So the Fortinators are probably the biggest winner of the deadline. The short-term winner is probably the Eagles for, for, for fortifying their running game, getting Jay Ajayi. I think he will help them out a lot. Through through the rest of the season and in the playoffs, and uh, and yeah, that's uh, I, I agree. Those are my winners. I agree with you completely. The Eagles, 
I mean, the rich get richer. They were so great defensively. Carson Wentz is playing like an MVP. Their running game wasn't even that bad. I mean, it wasn't good, but it wasn't that bad. LeGarrette Blunt was still producing. But with this, they now solidify their running game with Jay Ajayi, who's such an explosive player. So it's a remarkable trade for the Eagles. And Legarrette, I think they're the I'll, best I'll team say, in the I'll NFC. Thing, I'll say one thing about LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, he he's not, he's not a bad back, but he's very one-dimensional, and, and and that's yeah. the that's the thing that hurt the Eagles. You couldn't use him in passing situations. Yeah, but Jay Ajayi, okay. Ajayi is so explosive. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Uh, what about your loser? Biggest loser of the deadline? Uh, I want to say the Browns. Makes sense. I want to say I want to say I want to say the Browns. I, I also want to say the Texans. But Deshaun Watson also hurt his ACL, so that sort of sort of sort of eases the blow on that. No one will ever know, uh, well, I mean, what that trade meant for the future of the Texans, because uh, Deshaun Watson's not going to play for the rest of the year. Um, but I mean, uh, yeah, Browns, te- Browns, Texans, probably okay. Bengals too. Probably Bengals too, because AJ McCarron is a free agent after this season, so that was their chance to cash in and. Uh, for who, uh, who, whatever reason, they were not able to do it, and the Bengals were very disappointed. Okay, I can tell you. That much. I got two losers, and both these teams did not participate in the deadline. First one is oh. the Broncos. Okay, Broncos started off three and one. They looked great right. in the beginning. Then their they offense did. just hit a ditch. Okay, it, they looked like a high school team on the offensive end. All right, it, they do. They should have made a trade for a quarterback or some offensive player. And the other eh. loser, oh, oh, let me let me add on to it, okay? The okay, other loser, ahead, and I think this is the team they should have made the trade with, the Giants, okay? The Giants are one and six. I know okay. it's a big move, but I think the Giants should have cut bait with Eli Manning at the well, deadline, what? and they what? should have sent him to the Broncos. All right, it would have been oh, a good no. deal for both sides. The Broncos need a quarterback, and the Giants could rebuild. What do you? I think? mean. I, I, that that's actually a pretty creative trade there, Varun. I I, I commend your creativity. Well, thank I don't. You. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, if you're the Giants or you're uh, the Broncos, if I'm the Broncos, maybe maybe I do it. But if I'm the Giants, I mean, this year has been really really fluky. I don't. I'm not sure you can blame it on Eli Manning. I mean, Eli Manning has had a very questionable a very questionable season. But can you really blame it all on him? Well, you need a new quarterback. He hasn't played well the past two, three years. I mean, and the dude's old. That's He's like true. 35, 36. He just does That's not true. look very good anymore. And their offense is completely banged up. I mean, they've lost like the Giants, four receivers. The Giants are prime candidates to draft a quarterback this year. I can, I, I can tell should. you that. Yeah. But uh, I guess like, what are the Broncos? Three and four, three and five. Yeah, they're, whatever, they whatever. were three and one at one point, and they looked really yeah. good. Now they're three right, and they four. Did. They've lost three straight, all because their offense can't do crap. All right. <laughs> I mean, they should have gotten a quarter. They should have gotten out. Like, look at the Eagles. The Eagles went out and got their running back. The Broncos should have done something, right? But it's much easier to get a running back than a quarterback. Sure. But in the sense that, look, A.J. McCarron was available. All right, Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, I guess you, you said that uh, the Patriots only contacted the Niners, so maybe not that. But the Giants, Eli Manning. I mean, you got to get creative sometimes. All right, the Bears with Mike Lennon. You know, there are other there are quarterbacks out there that Mike Glenn. Wait, 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 wait. What? Mike Glennon? 
Well, sure. Mike, I mean, Mike Glenn is not a bad quarterback. It's just that the Bears are rebuilding. They want to see what they have with Trubisky. That, look, he's been bad. He's been bad. Okay, I, been, I don't been, know how bad he's been this year, but I mean, in past years, he actually he's actually played pretty well. Eh. But, <laughs> okay, Mike, Mike Glennon. Okay, definitely don't agree with Mike Glennon, but I agree with the overall premise that the Broncos definitely need a quarterback. But I think I think that is coming for them in free agency. Either it's either going to be uh, Alex Smith or Kirk Cousins. Yeah, either I, of them would help. But point is that they had a chance to win the division this year, but it looks like it's slipping out of their hands. But we'll get more yeah. into that very soon. Win the division, really? With Kansas Look, City, like they, the way they are, they were three and one. Hey, they were three and one at one point. I mean, they had a pretty good lead, right? And the Chargers are, are not very good. The Raiders, three and five. I mean, they could have snuck into the wild okay. card at least. Uh, okay, there. I okay, yeah, they could have snuck into the wild card, right? Not not the division. Well, I mean, not the, they could. I mean, the Broncos' defense is elite. I mean, if they have a good quarterback, they are. They could. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. They got Demarius Thomas on the offensive end, Emmanuel Sanders. It's a good team. Right, but the Chiefs are good too. The Chiefs are; they're very good. I mean, uh, yes, no doubt very, about very it. But the Broncos yes, are also very good. They just don't have the quarterback. But okay, let, let's actually we were we we're going to talk about this as it is. So we're going to talk about um, the midseason recap. We're going to talk about the teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, and me and Guru are just going to go through and see if these teams make it to the playoffs or not. Okay, so we'll go division by division. AFC East. Looks like the Patriots are going to win the division. Uh, no argument there, right? No, okay, I mean, cool. All right, the, the sure. Bills and yeah, the Bills are, are putting up sort of a fight, but I mean, I, I don't think it's going to last. I think the Patriots will eventually win the division. Okay, and Dolphins looks like they're not that they're four and three, but it looks like it's going to get worse. The Jets are yeah. four and five, surprisingly four and five. I mean, I think a lot of us believe they might have been the they might be the worst team this year, but doesn't look like it anymore. Doesn't look like anymore. What about Props the, to the Jets? What do you think of the Bills? Yeah, the Bills are very interesting in the sense that they're they're definitely leaning on their defense a lot this year, and it's helping them. They're one of the best defensive teams in football. They're creating a lot of turnovers. They're they're uh, r- rushing the quarterback very very well, and uh, their their team is based on their defense and their offense. I mean, Tyrod Taylor's been one of the best game managers in the league this year. Uh, I know that's not really. Uh, I think you want to be described as but that that's what that's what he is he's, he's done a pretty formidable job and right now the bills are are really uh, looking like a team that could knock on the door for a wild card spot i really believe that and do you think they get that wild card spot i think they do i think okay. they do okay. i think i think their defense has proven that they can play hey they're 4-0 at home so whenever you win at home you have a, a great chance to uh, to make the playoffs i so. actually agree with you there i think the bills to, to everybody's surprise make they get a playoff spot which will be very surprising because they came into the season wanting to tank and instead they they're here five and three very interesting they wanted a quarterback exactly <laughs> afc north <laughs> ravens and Bengals are fighting steelers are six and two yeah. looks like the steelers yeah. will win the division but Bengals yeah. and ravens how about those two teams yeah the ravens i mean they're on and off you don't know what Ravens team you're going to see on a week-to-week basis. I mean, uh, I know they they're coming out of uh, coming off of a blowout win uh, against uh, who who did they play? Goddamn. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins, right? Forty and zero. They 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 beat the Bengals twenty to nothing. 
they they, they beat the, the Browns twenty four to ten, right? Oh, yeah, they beat the Browns four to nothing. That's exactly what I was referring yeah. to. Exactly. So, uh, they, I mean, you don't know what Bengals. I'm mean, sorry, what Ravens team you're going to see week to week. Their offense looks uh, very very questionable to say the least. Joe, Joe Flacco uh, is definitely a shell of uh, what he used to be, and their weapons on offense are not really contributing. So. Uh, I, I'm I'm very I'm very questionable as to whether the Ravens can make up any any ground in a wild card race, and, and the Bengals same thing. Like it all goes back to the quarterback Andy Dalton, and he's also been extremely inconsistent this year, and I, they haven't really given me any reason to believe in their teams. So I mean I'm I'm not very optimistic about either of them to be okay. frank with you. I agree. The, the, listen, the Ravens suck. All right. I mean the only reason they're <laughs> four and four is because they've had an easy schedule. All right, everybody thinks their defense is elite. It's not that good. I mean, it's good, but it's not that good. It's not like the Browns. I mean, you play, you, you play the Browns twice a year. Yeah, exactly. Like- the Browns and the Bengals, too. Bengals aren't that great either this year. And speaking of the Bengals, they're three and four. Andy Dalton. You know what sucks about the whole Andy Dalton thing? Andy Dalton's good enough to be a starting quarterback, but he's not good enough to get you to the next level. So because of that mediocrity, you kind of got to stick with him. It's like he's there, but he's not there. But he's too good to be to you know to let him go. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. I really do. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and since Hugh Jackson left the Bengals, he he just hasn't looked like the Andy Dalton of the past. That's true. Hey, there was that one yeah. season with Jackson where he he looked like an MVP candidate. I mean, he looked elite. And the Bengals won the AFC North going away that year, didn't they? Yeah. And they're a far cry from that team. That yeah, one exactly. Debate. But I mean, I think we both agree. Ravens, Bengals don't make the playoffs. I mean, they don't look very good. But AFC they South. Don't. Now there's some competition here in the AFC South. Titans and Jaguars are. are four and three. They're tied for number one. Texans are three and four, but they just lost to Sean Watson. So I don't know if they really make the playoffs now. But who do you think wins the AFC South? I think. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly. I cannot believe I'm putting Jaguars and division champion in the same sentence, but here I am. I know, right? I think I agree yeah. with you. That's shocking. Yeah, and everybody was harping on Blake Bortles to start the year. How he isn't a franchise quarterback, and he's 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 not the kind of guy you want leading your team. And I agree with you. He's not, which is why the Jaguars are led by their defense and not quite by Blake Bortles, right? The Jaguars have found a way to win football games. And and that is through their defense. And Blake Bortles has been a very formidable game manager. Leonard Fournette has helped them a ton in the running game, because which they did not have in in previous seasons. And the the Jaguars look like a force in the AFC South. So uh, I mean, and Mar- the Marcel Darius trade makes their defense even stronger than it was before. So I I, I gotta go Jaguars. Uh, I agree. With they've you. been really That's... really impressive. The Jaguars' defense is elite. Calais Campbell, uh, he has 10 sacks through seven games, and I think he's a front-runner for Defensive Player of the Year. He has been remarkable. And Jalen Ramsey has been great in the secondary. That entire defense is putting in work. Uh, Blake Bortles sucks. Of course, we're not surprised. Leonard Fournette has turned everything around there, and he's actually my Rookie of the Year pick right now. Because what? Really? Leonard uh, Fournette? Uh, I, Kareem Hunt has played better, but... What Leonard Fournette has done to the Jaguars is remarkable because, I mean, the Chiefs, they were good last year too. They've been good, right? Okay, but the Jaguars, they've been crap last year, the past few years. 
This year, they're fighting for the number one seed in their division. Pretty remarkable, I'd say. Yeah, I can buy that. I can buy that argument. I mean, he's he's transformed the Jaguars' offense exactly. from pass first to run first. Exactly. But let's and not how sleep, has let, helped that yeah. went in the process. But let's not sleep on the Titans because the Titans are still a pretty good team. Uh, it's I, I do pick the Jaguars, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans won because uh, the Titans are pretty good. Um, I'm kind of surprised they haven't been playing The, the Titans well are pretty good, season. but the issue with the Titans is that, yeah, they've been very, very inconsistent uh, over the course of the season. And that's because Marcus Mariota, who was looking like he was having a great year, he's inconsistent and he's also been injured uh, a, a couple of games th- this year. So uh, with, with respect to the Titans, I still like them as a team. I mean, they're they a very well-constructed team. And I actually think that they get the second wild card spot because uh, oh, they're all knotted up with the Jaguars in the NFC South. But uh, again, they're, they they seem to be going through some growing pains that young teams usually go through. And um, that's yeah, that's that's pretty much what I think of the Texans. Marcus Mariota's got has got to step it up a little bit more. Okay, I okay. I actually think the Titans don't make the playoffs. The number six okay. seed. In my playoff rankings are the Chargers. Okay, the Chargers? So, yeah, so I got the Patriots, Steelers, Jaguars, Chiefs, and then I got the Bills and the Chargers. Dang, okay. Yeah, the Chargers I, are 3-5 and that. five right now. I, I agree they're not – I mean, they lost some very close games, It just like last year. Their yeah. point differential is minus two. Yeah, but so. I just feel like – I just have a little more confidence in the in the Chargers than I do in the Titans. So I give the Chargers the edge. Um, but the AFC West, okay. speaking of which, uh, we knew it was going to be competitive. But I guess, are, do you think you're surprised by the Raiders being 3-5? and five? I am a little surprised. I, I, didn't, I just certainly didn't expect them to be uh, this bad. Uh, how, how, do, how, do I, how do I say this? It's like they're the, the Raiders. Raiders you know? I mean, it's they're I, the Raiders need Derek Carr to perform well in order for them to win games. Last year, Derek Carr was a candidate for the MVP. He was that good last year, and and, and that is why the Raiders were so successful last year. And this year, obviously, Derek Carr has he, he missed a game. He he didn't he he wasn't really performing well in a couple of other games, and that has led to the Raiders losing because the Raiders have shown they. They can't win any other way. And the addition of Marshawn Lynch has turned out to be uh, not as fruitful as the Raiders would have hoped. And uh, the change in offensive coordinator, uh, Bill Musgrave, being replaced by Todd Downing, has has created some uh, issues in that locker room on the on the offensive side of the football, which we I didn't foresee. I thought the Raiders were going to be a really, really good offensive team. But that it's it's really looking like uh, that's not the case anymore. Well, uh, their offense is not as good, but their defense is pretty bad, right? And I think me and yeah, you bad. talked about this group before the season started. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I picked the Raiders to not make the playoffs because their defense is just not very good. Their linebacker core is terrible. Uh, they just signed Navarro Bowman recently, but I don't think he'll make a huge difference this year. Uh, they're going to miss he the won't. playoffs in my eyes. Uh, and it's going to be a big disappointment in Oakland because everybody, a lot of people picked them to be the number two team in the AFC behind New England. 
I mean, that's how high a lot of people were on the Raiders. But they right. have been a huge disappointment. Yeah, uh, I I mean, I could not have stated yeah. it much better than you did. If the Raiders are going to turn the season around, it's going to be it's going to have to be on the back of uh, of Derek Carr. Uh, but I just I just I just don't see it happening this year. I also predicted something else would happen with the Raiders, but I I remember that. <laughs> will not say that yeah you know what that actually it it looks smarter now Now that you said it it looks like it could happen because the raiders or like in this year it's really showing off they don't come across as a very well prepared team yeah because even if a team has weaknesses you see them try to mitigate those weaknesses by being more prepared and the the raiders this year for some reason uh have come to games completely unprepared they're one game uh, that they that they missed Derek Carr against the Ravens, I think it was, and the Ravens don't have a great offense, so the Raiders could have easily, uh, you know, stepped it up on on defense and given um, their offense a, a, a chance to win that game. They didn't do it; they fell flat on their faces, and that 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 is really what disturbs me about the Raiders. Yeah, they have just not played well against good competition. And Guru, your prediction, I'm just going to say it, you believe Jack Del Rio might get fired, which, I mean, you could be right. I mean, just looking at how they've played, it's it's not been very good. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the coaching has a big hand in it. They just have not prepared the Raiders to play night in, night out. That's what it looks like. But um, let's move on to the NFC, all right? So I'm just going to give you my the six teams I think will make the playoffs from the NFC, all right? So I got Eagles. Okay. NFC East, Vikings, NFC North, Saints, NFC South, and Seahawks, NFC West. Okay. All right. My wild card teams, Lions and Panthers. Uh, 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 Okay. Uh, I agree with your top four. My wild card teams are uh, Rams and Panthers. Okay. So you say Rams, I say Lions. So that's the only difference there. I say Lions because their schedule, their upcoming schedule is pretty easy. They play the Packers twice. Packers don't have Aaron Rodgers. They got some, I think they got the Bears. Bears aren't very good. Actually, they are three and five. It's not terrible, but I still think the Lions can beat them. But I think because of their, the, the easiness of their schedule, the Lions should pull through and they have Matthew Stafford, who's still a pretty good quarterback, but I think they'll pull through. Yeah, the reason I'm choosing the Rams is because they, they look like a brand new team under Sean McVay. I mean, we always knew that the Rams uh, the Rams were always known for their good defense. Even in previous years with Aaron Donald, you knew that they were going to be a force on the defensive side of the football. But the offense is something that has been really, really surprising. And the development of Jared Goff and uh, the resurgence of Todd Bay has, has really carried the offense to new heights. And Sean McVay is just, is just showing that he's one of the greatest in football, that the Rams made a great decision to hire him uh, this summer. And it's, it's, showing, it's, it's showing off. And I, I think that the Rams, their point differential is plus 74. That shows that they're doing something right. They're 5-2 and two right now. I, I don't think they fall off the map. I think they, they keep this up. They get 10 wins this year. And they make the playoffs as a result. Yeah, I, 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 the Rams have played well. I just the only thing is their schedule hasn't been super hard, right? Um, Colts, Cardinals, um, Niners, right? So it's not been the toughest schedule in the world, but they have played well against like the Seahawks, 
They beat the Jaguars, who've been a pretty good defensive team. But the Jaguars have been a little inconsistent. And then and, the- and they won shoot and and then they won a shootout with the Cowboys yeah. in Dallas. Yeah, that, that that was the big that was the big win for me. That's that's the win where I was watching that game. I, the, I was watching the first half of that game, and that's that's when I thought, okay, the Rams are for real. Yeah, but I mean, look at their schedule. I mean, they're gonna face Philly. They're gonna face Seattle, Tennessee, okay. Minnesota, right. New Orleans. Right. Those are okay. some playoff teams right there. And then, in Week Seventeen, they got the Niners, who that could be with Jimmy Garoppolo. You never know, right? So uh-huh. I think because of that very tough schedule, I think they're gonna fall off, but it'll be close. Okay, I I, I think I uh, I think they can go five and four in that stretch. Okay, and that that would say ten to six. Yeah, I think that should be enough if they do that. Yeah. Yeah, but but why not Dallas? Why why why? What is your reason for leaving Dallas out? Is it all because of oh, it's, yeah. Zeke? Elliott? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, he's he's their best offensive player, and he might get suspended. So by far, if he's not playing, it's going to be tough to uh, replace that. Despite the really good offensive line, it's going to be tough. That's my main. Reason. And, and it's it's a, it's a distraction too, right? It like is. It's, it's almost a week a week to week thing whether he's going to play or not, whether the court is going to. Uh, is going to al- allow him to delay the ruling of of his suspension, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's a distraction for the Cowboys. Uh, it's a distraction for him as well because he cannot dedicate as much time to game preparation. Not that he needs it. He's Zeke Elliott after all. But uh, the Cowboys are now stuck in this like wild card gauntlet, right? There's so many teams competing for for a wild card spot. Uh, and it's going to be extremely tough for them to try and compete with all these teams. Exactly. And uh, But if they have Zeke, then I think they do make the playoffs. But it looks like they won't be having Zeke for the rest of the season. Except for maybe tomorrow, I believe. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> t- tomorrow he is playing. Yeah. So that might be so that's what I'm though. saying. It's a week-to-week thing. Exactly. Yeah, that, that might be... That might be. We thought last week would be the last game. We thought that the week before that would be the last game. That's what I'm saying. It's it's almost a week to week thing with the suspension. Almost reminds me of Deflategate. <laughs> hey, but the Patriots they they did it, <laughs> so it's okay. But yeah, I, I think this is it for our uh, mid season recap. Trade deadline. First half of the season is done. Second half of the season is left. Uh, I'm just surprised it went by so quickly. But other than that, it's been a fun first half of the season. No, not for me. I'm an Irish fan, so it's <laughs> oh, not, it's not <laughs> Well, you just got Garoppolo, so we'll see how things go. Yeah, this week has been a lot better. Yeah, it, it definitely makes up for it. It feels it feels like we're four and four instead of in zero oh, and eight. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, Thanks, Guru, good doing a episode again with you. It's been a while, and I think we'll do one again soon uh, with Vickerman Jeff, all four of us, an NBA episode. So yeah, until then, sure. Guru, and until then, guys, see you next time.